Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Gateway Rescue Mission, meeting the physical and spiritual needs of the homeless right here in Jackson, Mississippi. Check us out at www.gatewaymission.org. Reminding you why we all love living in Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome back to the uh, Ricky Matthews Show from the STMM Digital Studio. I really enjoyed talking to my friend Paul Gallo. Man, we're so lucky to have him in this company. And, uh, you know, he, we don't always agree on the issues, but what's awesome about it is that we are intellectually honest about how we feel about things. And because of that, we have great conversations. And, and the back and forth between us is honest. And as we pointed out, it's not going through a bunch of filters. It's how we feel about it. And I love the guy for that reason. Anyway, let's shift gears and move over to my friend, the Secretary of State, Michael Watson, coming out of Man, this was a rough uh, Republican primary, man. I know as a member of the Republican Party and someone who leads in the party, you got to be happy that that messy stuff is behind us. I am, Ricky, and it was a bruiser, as you all know. And one of the things we always look at is turnout. And I uh, really expect it turned out to be much better because of the absentee numbers we saw going into it. But we were about just under 30%. And those are the worst numbers in a primary since about 2007 for a statewide election. So we got some work to do. Yeah, and you saw, you know, let's look at the lieutenant governor's race for a second. You see the third candidate got a little bit more votes than people expected. I think that was the protest vote. And others just got so turned off by it. Uh, either they just got turned off by it or they didn't really care. You know, I mean, they just didn't care. And it's really unfortunate, to be honest with you, because as you and I both know, in this state, constitutionally, the governor is actually a weak position. Lieutenant governor is one of the most important positions in the state. And this was a hugely important debate that was taking place. And uh, I would have really expected more people to be engaged in it. But I think it's a little bit people got wore out, worn out, and the other is they just didn't care, which is unfortunate. But you see this too often in elections, don't you? You do. And, and really the toxicity in politics just has so many people turning away and they don't want to participate in something that's so ugly and gross. And especially when you see these TV commercials come up and these negative mailers and I get hitting back when you have to hit back. But let's stick to the facts and, and keep uh, keep the high ground as, as often as we can. Yeah, I talked to I talked to Delbert about that. Um, you know, I have a strong belief in democracy in America and Mississippi by extension, but I do think that money and politics, if you don't have really, really good laws surrounding them, creating accountability, not just in who gave the money, but in what they're saying. Because in this case, with the lieutenant governor's race, you had this tremendous amount of dark money pouring into this state. We didn't know where it was coming from. We didn't know what their agenda is. They weren't accountable for the lies they were telling us and and I, I just made me sick of my stomach to watch it as driving wedges driving wedges in the state of mississippi especially in social media where people were engaged and not like each other people who loved each other now didn't like each other it's just unfortunate man i think one of the most important things you guys can do as leaders of the republican party now is find healing in all of this yeah, it's tough. And, and we saw even after the race was over, folks still hurling names and uh, mad at each other. And, and that's that's an unfortunate part of this. And I'll tell you one of the things you mentioned there, campaign finance reform. Uh, I was just reviewing this morning. We've got 22 different pieces of uh, 
reform we think could be helpful uh, that we've been working on. And as, as you know, this was our first statewide race to oversee uh, the election process. And I remember back in 19 when I ran, we had some outside PAC dollars come in through another PAC into the campaign running against me. And so we, we saw a little bit then, but now being able to see a full cycle and understand what's out there, uh, we've got some really good suggestions. I was on the phone this morning with the Lieutenant Governor uh, talking about campaign finance reform. Uh, so we're going to send him over our suggestions. They've got some issues they want to tackle. Uh, so we'll work together to get that done. But you're exactly right, making sure that Mississippians understand from where is this money coming? Uh, who's trying to influence our elections and what exactly are these people about? Yeah, do you have any idea? I mean, who were they and what did they want? <laughs> Good question. Uh, we, we saw some of the money, I think, out of Virginia, D.C. I know there was a Delaware-based company. A lot of that is pack to pack, and that's that's how they wash it to try to make sure that you can't find it. Uh, so we're, we've got that addressed in some of our points. But again, uh, it's it's unfortunate, especially when it comes in last minute like that, and you just you know got to take those sustain those blows uh, with a couple of days to go before elections, and you can't respond. So that that's really hard. And it made it tough for you to be, you know, you know, you have tremendous responsibilities for elections in Mississippi. Um, I know you were concerned about it. The attorney general didn't seem to really have a role. Maybe there's something more you could do. But you, you, you don't have enough time. You don't have enough time to act. But, buddy, it's, it's two things, though. It's where the money is coming from, and it's the message in the ads, and there's just no accountability, and no election should be in a scenario where you can't you can't follow the money, and you and you can't have some accountability around the message. That's not good. And in no. this particular case, thank God it didn't turn the election. Thank God in the case where the money poured in on your campaign, it didn't turn your election. But it's scary. It's scary. I, I think, it first of all, it's scary that something I believe would have happened that was not good for our state. But on top of that, the damage it's doing inside our state, you know, having neighbors turn against one another, just it's not good, man. We, we live in too much of a divided world already without having to worry about that. Uh, again, the toxicity of it's gross. And uh, I was actually this this week, we had our first in-person summit for this class of our ambassadors and 67 high school seniors. And we started talking through some of these issues. What what are the things that divide us? Why are, why are people not wanting to come to Mississippi? How do we dig into that? And having those hard conversations with our youth is really just inspiring to me to see where they are and how we can fix those things for them to have a bright future here. But you see it in politics and it's unfortunate. And we talked a lot about the toxicity and how ugly that race got. So we got to do better. Hey, is there is there more that that can be done now in retrospect? I know that we're gonna we're gonna consider a, a, a large myriad of laws, and thank goodness we're gonna do that. I'm I'm confident something good will happen from all of that. But still, some of the laws were broken, most likely, weren't they? I mean, so what what do we do about that? Listen, I'll tell you, we've sent probably 10 or 11 different issues over to the AG's office, and this is the first one that I've seen where they've come out and said, you know, what, we're gonna investigate it. Uh, so unfortunately, we're having a, a little bit of a hard time getting, and, and this is how it works. You either have to have the attorney general or the local district attorney uh, to prosecute these crimes. So when we send them out, that's the end of the road for us. We can't do anything else. We've got to have help prosecuting those crimes. And when you don't do so, it just gives the green light. Hey, go ahead and break the laws because they're not going to be enforced. So we have laws on the book now that should be enforced. But we're going to, again, look at this new package coming up uh, in the legislature next year. So, look, um, you know, I'm not trying to stir the pot or anything like that, but whether it be this issue that we're just now talking about or the Tidelands issue, sure. 
Is there something missing in the laws, or is there is there a rub that's developing between your office and the AG's office? Uh, what's your what's your thinking right now? So on Tidelands, that really started the rub, and in, in, as you mentioned, that it kind of started uh, early on when we were working with DMR. Uh, as the process goes, folks have to have a lease with the Secretary of State's office for the public trust Tidelands. Uh, then they also have to get a permit from DMR if they want to build a bulkhead or a pier or uh, do other kind of construction pieces on, on that land. Well, DMR's position is we can issue that permit and then we tell them, hey, but make sure you go to the Secretary of State's office uh, for this lease. Well, of course, they don't do that. Uh, and the AG's office basically said, well, we don't think that's DMR's job to, to enforce that either. My position was, look, we're two state agencies. Why can we not work together on this? You have a lease. Then you get your permit. You have to have control of the land to go do some construction on it. The AG took the DMR side, and that's fine. So then I said, all right, if, if that's the case, then we've got a bunch of these leases out there where these folks aren't getting those leases, but they've gotten permits to do work on the land. So, AG, why don't you help me enforce this law to make sure that they do have leases after you're saying they don't have to have them to get a permit? Well, I called, I, I emailed, I texted, I saw her in public. We've got to sit down and get this working. Eventually, we had a few conversations with the chief of staff, but again, nothing happened. Finally, after about a couple of years, last uh, month, I believe it was, we finally got the green light to hire outside counsel. In my opinion, the state shouldn't be spending money on outside counsel when the attorney general could help us enforce the law as it is written. Uh, and that's that's really where the rub started at, at the AG's office. But look, I like Lynn personally. Uh, I just wish we could get a little more help from the AG's office. So what, I mean, do you have any idea? I'll, I'll, I'll invite her and we, we can talk about this with her, but is it political? What, what or just a disagreement with the way the law is currently? I mean, it is, the law is the law, right? I mean... <laughs> If you if you are constructing or doing anything for commercial purpose on public trust Thailand's, you've got to have a lease. Period. So uh, it's very clear. And if you don't have a lease and you're you're commercially profiting from that land, there's a problem. That's the law. Period. And so I think part of it is Ricky. You know, and I'm from the coast. Let, let me remind you of that. So it's not fun for me to go to these business owners and say, hey, you're going to have to enter a lease because that's the law. That's not popular. It's not fun, but it's the law. So part of me thinks maybe that is a piece of it. Uh, some folks don't want to ruffle feathers and I don't want to ruffle feathers either. But if it's the law, then we've got to follow it. And, and you know, whatever the consequences are. So be it. So when, when Mayor Fofo Gillich was on the show last week, he said that. He's he's trying to look at it from a practical point of view. That that he's he's just from a commonsensical point of view, it doesn't make sense to him what's happening. And so when we get on the other side, we'll talk a little bit more about has something changed? That it's, it's saying the past ten or fifteen, twenty years, what's changed that makes it not comprehensible anymore from just a commonsensical point of view? We'll continue our conversation with Secretary of State Michael Watson when we get on the other side. We'll see you after this.
back to more of the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show uh, from the STMM Digital Studio. I'm with my friend Michael Watson, the Secretary of State. And when we went to break, we were sort of venturing off into this discussion about Tideland. So let me further frame it real quick, and then you can you can pick it up from there. But listen, Fofo's argument was what I said before we went to break, that he wants it to make sense. But at the core of his argument really isn't an issue with you the way I read it. It's really a, an issue with the legislature, and that is that th- it is true Biloxi's generating the majority of the Tidelands revenue from the casinos and commercial operations that are taking place uh, over Tidelands. Um, but they're not seeing enough of that money coming back to the city, and he just it just aggravates him to no end that he's not seeing the benefit of the revenue that he's helping to develop. But that's not your problem, right? That's that's correct. And at the end of the day, I think you've drilled it. It's about money. And uh, he said on the show himself, you know, the 80-something percent, I think it's probably a little north of 80, that Biloxi generates is then split across the entire coast. Uh, if it weren't for that, I don't think you'd see this spat. And, and one of the other things that he mentioned, again, that I want to make sure people understood, the Bay St. Louis case, the Murphy case, those dollars uh, came out of the capital expense fund, not public trust Tideland's dollars. So I want to be very clear on that. So it's also important to know the facts when we got to get here and, and understand, hey, let's let's make the arguments, but let's be factual about it. Let's don't you know portray something that's not true to get the public thinking one way or the other when, when the facts uh, aren't correctly uh, you know, put out there. Look at look as a former CEO, I can't help it. I always put my problem solving hat on in a situation like this. So if I weren't on the air and I was being a mediator, what I would say is let's 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 look at this t- in two different ways. First of all, the law says this about Toddlands and DMR and the AG, the city of Biloxi, city of Gulfport, whoever, and the Secretary of State's office ought to be aligned around that. It's very clear if you have a commercial operation and you're building something over the water, you need a Thailand's lease, and the, and that's where we are. And then over here, if you're if you've got issues about how the money is distributed, then that's a legislative issue, and let's go solve that. But what we're doing is we're conflating the two because we're not getting the money back over here. We're saying we're not going to reach a, an agreement to the situation over here, and then you get politics involved and sort of this this this. Some people say what is anti-coast. Well, that nothing has changed. The the Secretary of State. Role as it relates to Thailand has not changed a bit. There have been no new laws related to any of this recently. So I, I don't understand what the legal arguments are about it are because at the end of the day, what we've got now, Michael, is man, the legal costs are just skyrocketing for everybody. Why are we doing this? Why, why can't we sit down and just resolve this? That's the great question. And I know he also mentioned that I won't come off of my position. Well, my position is what the law says, and I can't come off of that position. So back to the point there about the money, when this was created way back when, let's remember, you know, this was Senator Tommy Gallat from Biloxi who got all the coast on board and said, hey, if all of y'all will support this, we'll spend the money across the entire coast, this one coast idea. So let's get on the same page and let's support this. That's what the law is. Now, you want to change that? 
get the legislature back together and change the law. So that is, you succinctly put what the issue is. Money is bleeding over into uh, the legal side of it and they're conflating the issues when you just don't have to. Uh, and, and look, sometimes we, we get in these discussions about who needs a Thailand's lease and who doesn't. Uh, there's been a couple of cases where I've wound up negotiating against myself to lower the lease rate because I'm from the coast. I wanna see the coast do well. And I think people need to remember that. I'm from Jackson County. This is, this is my home, uh, so I want the coast to do well. So, of course, I'm going to be on the side of the coast in this issue. And by the way, the Thailand's revenue, incidentally, has gone to fund so many important projects for coastal Mississippi. I mean, it's been, you know, that money has been transformative and peers and all the other improvements that have been made, helping us get back after storms. And gosh, the list is long, man. I mean, it's been really good for the coast. And I understand Tommy Gallat would not have been able to get that bill passed without without the support of the, the other jurisdictions here along coastal Mississippi. I, I get that. And I don't yeah. know how to unravel that now. I really don't. But on that point, I think it's really important to, to, to really spend a couple seconds on that. Thailand's dollars, as you mentioned there, are spent across the entire coast. So should Biloxi get up there and change the legislation, that's going to hurt Jackson County. It's going to hurt Hancock County. It's going to hurt Gulfport, Ocean Springs. You know, I could go down the list. You understand the point here. It also is going to hurt DMR because they use a percentage of those dollars to pull down federal funds to continue their operations. So this is an entire coast issue that we need here, those dollars on the coast. And if it continues to be blown out of proportion and it gets uglier than it should, you're going to see some of these legislators in other parts of the state that say, hey, if the coast can't get it together, you know what? I'd like that 10 or $11 million to be spread around the rest of the state. Well, so, like when the BP money came. You know, that's exactly right. Gosh, I mean, it drove me crazy that that we only get a, you know, a percentage of that money, that we had to share any of that with it. Because it was, you know, it should, it's about economic prosperity and re rebuilding right. sort of an economic base for coastal Mississippi and doing transformative projects. And um, that's what happened. That's, what, that's just what happened. And then on top of that, you don't have a board of trustees that can decide, like you have with the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund, you got to send it back up to the legislature and let all those politics get involved in it. So anytime that happens, boy, you better not hope for that outcome because it's going to be something less than what we have today. There's no question about it. Anyway, we're out of time, Michael, we but are. we will continue this conversation. I hope you guys can all get on the same page about this and quit spending all this money on legal expenses. This is It's not good for the state. It's not good for the city. It's not, Ricky. And you make a great point. The, the most important piece to remember there is I am from the coast. you got a Secretary of State who wants to see the coast do well. So I'm on the coast side on this issue. This has been Secretary of State uh, Michael Watson. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.